So today we're going to continue on our series on Hebrews. Uh, I'll just pray before I start. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus, that he is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, and that we can continue to run the race. And so we pray that this morning that you would encourage us with your word, and that you would challenge us with your word, uh, so that we can be more like your son Jesus, so that we can finish the race well. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you, if you guys don't know who that is, uh, that's Angela. Um, I got a permission to put this photo out before I put it up, but uh, that's not Matt. I, I, I thought initially that was Matt, but when I look closer, he looks whiter than usual. So, uh, <laughs> but that's, uh, that's someone else. But Matt and Angela, uh, they, they recently they just, uh, they just run a marathon at the border of North Korea to, to raise awareness and money you know, for the persecuted Christian in North Korea. And Matt did the half marathon, and uh, Angela did the full one. Uh, and it, it, it's pretty impressive that uh, they, they've completed it. Matt did it without any training at all. Uh, and Angela, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't very easy for her because uh, I saw some of her Facebook photos. Uh, she got blisters on her feet uh, after finishing the, the marathon. And, you know, not everyone can run a marathon, right? I can't do it. Uh, I, I think the last time that I tried to run is, was when I was trying to impress um, Catherine. Because you know, I, I know that she loves running, uh, but she, she's always 100 meters ahead of me, so I could never catch up with her. But I still managed to catch her to be my wife, so I'm still a winner. <laughs> uh, Anyway, to, to, to run a marathon, to run a marathon, you really need to have um, a perseverance. You, you need to have perseverance because uh, there will be time where it gets really hard. You know, you, you might be running uphill uh, and, and, you know, the lactic acid is building up and you're starting to get thirsty and there will be time where you just feel, oh, I just can't keep going anymore. It's just too hard. But if you persevere through all this, uh, there will be there will be a time where you will receive the award for finishing the race. And I think you know our Christian life is exactly like that. That there will be a time where when it's hard, and there will also be a time where when we will be rewarded in the end when we finish the race for the perseverance of our faith. So a marathon requires a sustained effort and perseverance, and our Christian race uh, also requires sustained efforts and perseverance. And we are running the Christian race until, until we die or until Jesus comes back again. And the question for us today is, you know, um, so he's uh, running the race. How do we run the Christian race? How do we run the Christian race? So I just have two points today. So firstly, uh, we run the Christian race by fixing our eyes on Jesus. We run the Christian race by fixing our eyes on Jesus. So let's read from verse uh, 1, chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Uh, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, 
scorning each shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, consider him who endures such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You know, last week we heard uh, from Pastor Andrew about about the heroes of the faith in the Old Testament. Uh, we, we hear about people like Abraham, people like Moses, people like King David. Uh, they have all run their race. And they have all kept their faith in God to the end and trusting in God's promise. And today the writer of Hebrews is saying to us, uh, we are to follow in their footsteps. Uh, we are to run with perseverance uh, the race uh, that marks that, that has been marked out for us and fixing our eyes on Jesus. And in order to fix our eye on Jesus, we've got to do two things here. Uh, firstly, we've got to throw off everything that hinders. And then secondly, we've got to throw off the sins that so easily entangles. And I'll just imagine Matt and Angela, if they have to carry a 20 kilo backpack while running the marathon, you know, how long do you think they will last? You know, Probably not very long. Uh, if they try to run the marathon with their shoes tied together, you know, just forget running, they probably can't even walk properly. So the writer of Hebrews said, we've got to throw, throw off everything that hinders, the sin that so easily entangles us, so that we can actually run the race properly. So let me ask you, now, have you got anything in your lives right now that's hindering you uh, from keeping your faith in God? That's hindering you uh, from running the race? You know, do you have unnecessary financial burden? That means you have to spend an enormous amount of time and energy to earn money, uh, leaving you a little time for the things of God. You know, are you setting your children up uh, to pursue success? Or are you setting them out to pursue holiness and righteousness? Are you committing them to too many activities that these activities actually steal them away from meeting with others, whether it's from youth group or church? Are you spending all your holidays on gaming, on Korean drama, binging, binging Netflix, traveling all around the world, neglecting the needs of your own spiritual growth? Are you idolizing your family or your relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend, worshiping them over worshiping God? Are you putting all your hope in the things that you have rather than in Jesus? You know, are you entangled in a sin that keeps tripping you over? A sin that makes keeping your faith in God really hard could be sexual immorality, it could be greed, anger, gossip, pride. Do you have anything that you need to throw off for the sake of running the race? For the sake of keeping your faith in God? You now some of you might be sitting here thinking, hey, you know, what's wrong with all this? There's nothing wrong with earning money. Uh, there's nothing wrong with wanting my kids to be successful. Uh, there's nothing wrong we wanted to spend a bit more time with friends and family, uh, go out a bit more, just having some fun. You know, are there sin? Well, everybody sins, so no one is perfect. Well, if this is you, can I just say that 
you know, you're asking the wrong question here. The question you, you should ask yourself is, does any of this help you or others to run the race? Or does it get in your way? Does it help you to run? Or does it get in your way? You know, when you try to be more loving, when you try to be more generous, when you try to be more self-controlled, when you try to be more pure, more faithful, more like Jesus, does these things get in my way? Or does it help me to run? And I know it will come at a cost. Uh, it, you know, we're talking about giving things up. Uh, we're talking about getting rid of something. But the one thing that we want to keep is our faith in God, our faith in Jesus. And the writer says, you know, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on him. You know, Jesus, he's not only just a great example who has kept his faith in God. He, he is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. In other words, he is the reason that faith in God even works, that faith in God gives a certain hope for the future. You know, without Jesus, faith in God achieves nothing. We're not forgiven by Abraham's faith. We're not forgiven by Moses' faith. We don't receive eternal life by David's faith. But by Jesus, by his faithfulness in carrying, carrying out his Father's will, by his perseverance to the cross, taking the wrath of God on our behalf, so that we can be fully forgiven, so that we can receive eternal life, so that we can have a relationship with God. So look at Jesus. Uh, fix your eyes on him. You know, Jesus went through all this suffering. He was mocked. He was beaten. He was crucified. And yet, he endured through it all. How did he do it? Well, he knew the future that God has installed for him. For the joy, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its, its shame. So he knew the joy that after death, that he will be resurrected, that he will be restored to God's right hand in glory. He knew the joy that through his death, that many, many men and women, boys and girls, will be brought into the family of God. He knew the joy of seeing his people delivered from sin. He knew the joy of sharing eternity with his people in his glorious new creation. So for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, he scorned its shame, and he knew the joy of what's to come, and so he kept his faith in God and he kept running and he's finished the race. So knowing this, seeing how Jesus lived, seeing how he persevered for our sake, for our faith, you know, the writer of Hebrews says, now we need to consider him so that we can keep going ourselves as well, so that we can keep running. You know, the other day I was meeting with one of my ministry friends. Uh, he was going through a really hard time. He was slandered in his ministry. Uh, he was accused of things that he didn't do. And he was just on the edge of giving up. And I just asked him, oh, why, why don't you give up? You know, why don't you just stop? He said, well, you know, I thought about it for a while. And I just thought, and I just thought of Jesus. And I just thought of him being mocked and, uh, and being beaten and being accused for my sake. And so now I want to keep going for his sake. 
you know, for the sake of my brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, Jesus went into suffering when he didn't need to, when he didn't have to. And he endured it all the way to the cross for us and for you. And he's finished the race. He's given you everything that you need to run the race. You have forgiveness, forgiveness of sin. You have adoption into God's family. You have eternal life. So run your race by fixing your eyes on Jesus. Secondly, run your race by enduring hardship as God's loving discipline. You know, like I said before, running a Christian race, it, it's, it's, it's not always easy. You will face difficulties along the way. But uh, the writer of Hebrews right now, he, he wants us to grow in our understanding of hardship. And he wants us to know how to deal with them. So from verse 4, you know, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgot, forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what? Children are not disciplined by their father. You know, our hardship is part of our struggle against sin. You know, because we're still living in this sinful world, we're still waiting for the return of Christ, so we still sin. We still struggle with sin. And to keep running the race, we have to keep struggling with it. And I understand all of us, we struggle with sin day by day, and sometimes we just feel like, ah, oh, this is too hard, we just want to give up. Uh, especially when we keep falling into the same sin over and over again. Now what's the point? It's too hard. Well, the writer here, he wants to say to us, hey, you know, I'm glad that you've been struggling against sin, but don't complain about how hard it is, because you haven't yet died for it. In other words, how high of a price are you willing to put on keeping your faith in God? What are you willing to go through to keep running for Jesus? To throw off the sin that so easily entangles. You know, imagine one day, uh, you know, if, if I go see the doctor and the doctor said to me, hey Dan, you've got a tumor in your body. And in order to remove that tumor, you, you, you have to go through surgery. And it's going to be painful. And it's going to be a painful recovery. But if you go through with, with it, if you go through with the surgery, you will live. But if you don't, you won't. You know, what, what do you think I would do? Of course, of course, I, I would want to live, right? I would do whatever I want, I can, to remove that tumor from my body. And the writer say we, the writer of Hebrews say we need to have that ruthlessness when it comes to removing sin in our lives. We need to be prepared uh, to go through the pain and the suffering, 
so that we can keep running the race. But the good news is, you know, God is at work in us. God is at work in us to remove that sins in our lives. Uh, but like the doctor removing the tumor, it's going to be painful. It's going to be hard. And he does that by lovingly disciplining us through hardship. You know, verse 7 says, he endure hardship as discipline from God. So, you know, the difficulties in our lives, the hardship that we go through is God's loving discipline on us. He's treating us as his sons and daughters. And that's why he disciplined us. You know, he, you know we, we all see God loves you just the way that you are. But he also loves you too much to leave you the same that you are. But, you know, what does it mean by discipline? You know, for many of us, discipline can be seen as negative. You know, it can be seen just as uh, punishment. You know, I remember when I was, uh, I don't know if any of you remember what this is. <laughs> I remember when I was back in Malaysia, Malaysia my, my dad used to have this chicken feather duster. That's his weapon. Um, you know, he used that to discipline us. You know, at school, uh, my teacher also used uh, uh, use a cane for everyone who got below 50% for their test. You know, you guys have a good here. But, um, you know, it was scary. It was nerve-wracking whenever we get our results. So I hope I don't get 49, otherwise I'll get that cane. You know, discipline, discipline for us, for me back then, was always something to do with punishment. You know, something to do with the chicken feather. But God, God's discipline is different. God's discipline is not, it's not a punishment because we know that Jesus has taken all of our punishments on the cross. But God's discipline is more like a, a you know, correction and guidance from a loving Father to bring change in our lives so that we be more like Jesus. Now, I realize this can be hard for some of you to hear, especially when you're in the middle of hardship. Uh, you know, for some of us thinking of God as our Father, who disciplines us, just, you know, brings us painful memory. Um, maybe your Father is just someone who hardly shows any care or love to you at all. Uh, so the last thing that you want to do is just to think of God as your Father. You know, and if this is you, I understand that it, it can be, it's, it is painful and it is disappointing and it is hurtful. You know, because a father is meant to love, is meant to protect, meant to nurture. But not all fathers are like that. Can I just say that poor human fathers don't change the fact that God is a perfect father. Poor human fathers don't change the fact that God is a perfect father. You know, and I had to wrestle with this myself for a long time. And you know, sometimes you wrestle with it at times. Uh, sometimes I project my own earthly father's image onto God. And that's not helpful because that's not who God is. God is a perfect, loving father who cares about us and only wants the best for us. So keep reminding yourself of that. Our hardship is God's loving discipline to us as our Father. 
Now another hard thing to hear is that you know we we hear that God is the one who stands behind our hardship. Now He's the one who gave it to us. I think sometimes we think of God as a God who's behind the good things, but the bad things, you know, we don't really talk about it being from God. And so we reduce God to be the uh, the the God of the things that we like and enjoy, but we take Him out of the picture when life is hard. And if God is only in control of the good things, does that mean that He's not? In control of the bad things. If that's true, who's in control of the bad stuff in our life? And will God be able to overcome them? Will He be able to win? Well, that's not what we're seeing here in the Bible. The and、uh, in, in this passage, because it, the Bible has a much bigger picture of God that He's in control of all things. He even stands behind our hardship. And the writer of Hebrews here actually doesn't see this truth as uncomfortable. In verse five, he says that it is a word of encouragement for him, because even in the hard things, that he knows that God is still in control, that God has a purpose for it, even when we don't see it at the time. Our hardship doesn't mean that he's taken his hand off the wheel, but that. It's how he disciplines us in his love for us. So how are we how are we to approach our hardship in our life? Well, verse seven says, "Endure them, endure hardship as discipline." God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. And moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They discipline us for a little while, as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, in order that we may share in His holiness. So, how do we? And we need to endure them as. Uh, discipline from God, but our attitude to that is that we should submit to it. We don't use hardship as an excuse to resent God, or to accuse Him for failing to love us, or to, to use this as an opportunity to whinge, to wallow in self-pity.、Uh, that's not our attitude to discipline. You know, we're not we're not to respond like this child here who doesn't who doesn't get in his way. They scream and they kicked, and they cried. No, we submit to God, and we need to endure them as discipline. You see, our earthly parents, even when they discipline us, their discipline is not perfect. Even if they have the best intention in the world, their discipline is still limited from another perspective. But God's discipline is perfect. He knows what we need, and He knows when we need them, and so His discipline. It's always for our good to make us more holy, even though it is hard and it is painful. And in verse eleven, the writer says, "No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it." 
So God is using them, using our hardship to train us in holiness, in righteousness, to make us more like Jesus, to help us to keep running, to keep our faith in Him no matter what. I want you right now just to think of something hard that is going on in your life right now. And I want to say this to you, the most important thing about the things that you're going through right now it can be hard and difficult. It's not that it will go away. It's not that it will become easier. The most important thing is that whether you will use this opportunity to grow in holiness and righteousness. You know, your hardship right now could be your physical and your mental health. Going through depression, anxiety, uh, or maybe you have some physical disabilities. And this makes it hard to do anything. Then use your hardship to praise God that being one of His children doesn't, doesn't depend on you being functional. And use this opportunity uh, to grow in your appreciation of God's grace for you. Use this opportunity to persevere in your faith. Use this opportunity to long for the new creation where sin, sickness, and pain are no more. You know, your hardship right now could be relationship breakdown. Maybe it could be troubles at work. Maybe it could be due to your marriage or family. You've been deeply hurt, or you've hurt someone, or both. Then use your hardship to remember the complete forgiveness of God for your sins and grow in your willingness to forgive and to ask for forgiveness. Maybe your hardship right now is just the loss of a loved one. You know, you're still going through the grief. Maybe six, twelve, three years later. Then use your hardship to sharpen your conviction that Jesus has risen from the dead and that death is not the end. And so you can renew your hope in God and be assured that eternal life is real. So whatever hardship that you're going through right now, use it to grow in your holiness and righteousness. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't fix your eyes in your troubles, but grow to be more like Him. And the writer of Hebrews ends with this, verse 12, Therefore strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees, make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. So he's picking up on the imagery of running the race again here, of keeping your faith in God. So he's saying to us, stay in the race, strengthen your arms and your knees, make level paths. In other words, keep running. Through your hardship, keep your eyes, fix your eyes on Jesus, keep your faith, consider him and trust him as God disciplines you through hardship. I just want to finish off with a story. Um, if some of you have seen this. Uh, if you don't know who this is, this is Derek Redman. Uh, he's an athlete at the at Olympic uh, in 1992. 
some of you are not born yet, so you probably don't know who he is. But uh, he's at the quarterfinals at the 400 meter sprint, and a lifetime of training had brought him to this point and this moment, and he was one of the favorites for the gold medal. And then halfway through the race, he tore his hamstring, and he collapsed on the track. And it was crushing for him, you know, he trained so hard for this. But then he decided that, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm going to keep going. So he got up, sort of hobbling down the track, the race track. And then, uh, and then an older, older man, and he fought through the security and went alongside him. And that's, that's his father. And he carried his son and he said to him, you know, we'll finish this together. And they finished the race together, even though he didn't get a gold medal. But it was a defining moment uh, for the Olympic Games back then. It was a beautiful story of perseverance to finish the race, and a beautiful story of a father's heart who came alongside his son. Now you and I, we have been given a race to run. All of us will encounter obstacles, and maybe encountering occasions for discouragement. There's no question that hardship is going to be hard, and sometimes it just takes us by surprise and strikes us when we're most vulnerable. But like this athlete, like Derek, that we can actually persevere through it. And God, as our loving Father, is with us every step of the way. Uh, he will help us to persevere and to grow through the hardship. And then there's Jesus at the finish line. He's cheering you on. You know, come on, Vincent. Come on, Oscar. Come on, Tim. Fix your eyes on him. Keep running. You know, eternal life is just a few steps away. Don't give up.